on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. In case you didn't read it earlier, Reddit is filing to go r slash public. And Microsoft announces a couple of big moves that are programmatic consumers and marketers. All on today's show. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn, filling in for Christine Zernhald, a.k.a. Shep, and I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on December 24th, 2021. Oh, Christmas Eve. Tis. Cheers. All right, and you are only hearing Jess and myself because Shep is out this week. She's got a direct exposure of the cocoa in her house. Cocoa. So child's fine, she's negative, but... For out of an abundance of caution, it's just Jess and I here today. And she said that you know something about Coco as well in the house. Like, because I was joking around with her and it's like Coco. And she said it's a great way to make your kids oh. lose time, waste time or something. Coco melon? Yeah. What is that? It's like, I'm not sure if it's a show or just like a series of videos on YouTube, but it's like a computer animated thing. And for the longest time, I didn't know what it was, but Jack, my son, knew, and I thought he was just saying coconut wrong. <laughs> he was just like, cocoa melon. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it's like a, I don't know if it's the name of the baby in the show. It's weird stuff. Okay. I've never seen it. I'll have to check it out. Though. I wouldn't. Okay. Put you I in won't a trance. Then. Yeah. All right. What's up with you though, Jess? I, so if you're hearing this, it is now Christmas Eve, but we recorded this obviously a couple of days before. And I just, Greg, I need to tap into your parenting knowledge because I'm struggling oh, this year. That, I, that means you're in trouble when you get to this <laughs> this level. <laughs> I don't know. We, so my child's two and he knows who Santa is. We don't like go super crazy, but he realizes who he is through experiencing the world. And I'm just not sure how to navigate around this. Like I grew up Jewish, so we didn't do the Santa thing. And I'm trying right. to figure it out. Like, do you use it as a threat all year long to make your kid be good? Like we were wrapping presents last night. I wasn't sure which to say were from Santa and which were from parents because we ought to get credit for something that we bought. Do you, I don't know how to do Christmas with a, an aware human being in my house. Do you know who you're talking to? Yes, that's why I'm asking you. You're I'm, the authority. I'm a psycho. Like, and again, earmuffs if you've got children in the car, but <laughs> I spit the truth to my kids and I don't tell them about imaginary things. So I would I, I would recommend not doing this because it's already caused problems within my household this year really? where other children's parents are texting and calling saying, why did your kids say that they don't believe in something? Mm. So and your I kids are seven, right? My kids are seven okay. and I just didn't feel the need ever to lie to them. And then another thing is whenever you say that to a parent, they say it's not lying to them. And then... Then mm. it blows my mind because what are you doing? What is it if it's not lying? Is it the truth? Is that the truth? <laughs> it's not the there's, truth. Only, there's only a, a fact <laughs> and a lie. And it's like, uh, that's the first thing you say is, I say, oh, no, we don't lie. I don't lie to the kids. They go, it's not lying. It's magic. And it's like, well, no, there's not some, it's not. I so, guess you could call it pretending. So I don't know. I get, I can tell you what other people do. They just say, use it. Something hanging over all the time to keep people in line. And I don't like the that. Kids do get really crazy over the holidays with everything looming. So I think that's a positive that way, but I would not take any advice from me. And the way that we don't have bunnies around springtime, <laughs> if people lose a tooth, it's just gone. Like there's not like a <laughs> lot of, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that route. It seems it's kind of difficult because your kids then get you in trouble. For telling the truth, which is weird. Yeah, that's no fair to you. I know. I, I know you're extreme in that. I just I don't know how to navigate around it. I don't know. This is new for me. Last year, it didn't matter. I always felt weird when you'd be like, "This, this, how does this work? How does this make sense? And then you're just tell, told to like shut up and deal with it. I, I never liked that. So I just didn't want to ever put my children in that that scenario. So I, I don't mm. know. I don't have any advice. If anybody does have advice... Um, let us know at Marketing Clock on any of the social platforms and we'll relay it to Jess for you. Yeah, thanks for making me feel awful about lying to my yeah, child. Way to go. <laughs> it's not lying. It's pretending. Okay. 
Um, and for me this week, I think everybody knows, uh, we kicked off the year of Greg the Yag a little bit early and I'm feeling good, you know, heading into what's my coming 40th birthday. I was just all caked up and, and it's just gross. And so now I'm keto and I was doing all sorts of things like outside in the cold and I was like cutting tile and washing out all these buckets and everything. And then I had to get from one place to another really quick. And I'm like, oh, I could just really use like a pick me up or something. And I made like a giant espresso coffee. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have time to like enjoy this. I have to shower and then get to this birthday party with my kids. So I did like the inverse of the college beer. I drank an espresso when I was like freezing cold in the shower. Heavenly. That sounds awesome. Awesome. To die for, because I'm off the sauce. Right. So like the coffee and the shower combo, unbelievable. And I'm going to start trying it in the morning, just when I wake up. The problem is like the, the mouth of the coffee cup is so much bigger than like a bottle, you know? So like water can get in there. You brought chemicals. in a cup, like like a regular mug into regular the shower? Mug, right in the shower. <laughs> it seems like, just it like, like that. Just like I'm going to work, <laughs> mug in the shower. But it was heavenly. You should try it. I think you, Jess, would actually love it. I think I would too, but I'd put it in a sports bottle. I can't have any water getting in there. Well, you play sports? Down. Yes. <laughs> All right. And we are shipping out our stickers. So anybody that uh, mentioned that or if you're in Discord and you didn't yet, just shoot us a message. We've got stickers coming your way. And then this is the last full episode of the year for us. Yeah. We have an episode next week. It is what everybody looks for every year. It's the Klaxkers where we give out our yearly awards to all the fantastic folks in the industry and to our power listeners. So that will be on an abbreviated show next week and then the Klaxkers. All right. I think I did a good job there covering everything Shep needed us to. So yeah, you look just like her over there. <laughs> wow. Shots fired, No, Shep. it's a compliment. <laughs> Yog. A compliment to me, but think about her. All right. Oh. Well, hopefully yeah. she's listening and she knows that I meant it nicely to everyone. <laughs> All right. What do we have in the news this week, Jess? All right. Getting into the main news, we're going to kick things off with a tweet from Julie Bacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. Oh, Salt J. Salt J says, two interesting stories about moves being made by at Microsoft Advertising. They're acquiring Xander from AT&T to have their own programmatic platform. She links out to it. And then she says, and they have a new agreement with Taboola and links out to that hashtag PPC chat. So regarding Xander, which is X-A-N-D-R for the record, there's no E-R and there's no Z. It's, it's spelled Xander. nicely. Xander. <laughs> Xander. Um, <laughs> Microsoft's announcement describes it as, quote, a data-enabled technology platform with tools to help power a diverse ecosystem connecting marketers and media owners through first-party data-led advertising solutions across its network, end quote. And I know that everybody likes to peacock a little bit in these announcements about all the great things they're going to do. But even via the PR speak, it's pretty clear from this announcement that Microsoft has consumer privacy in mind, of course, but also advertiser performance, which I thought was nice that they called it out. We'll see if they make good on it. But if something works well, we'll put more budget towards it. So maybe people will flock to Microsoft. I see what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> so here's a breakdown of the things they say the acquisition will bring. Improved activation and advertising results with Xander's cross-screen first-party data-centered buying platform called Xander Invest. Strengthened monetization for publishers through larger first-party data access and a full funnel marketing offering with Xander Monetize. Between Monetize and Invest, invest this should be pretty exciting, actually, for folks that have high-quality video assets because these products offer audience-based TV advertising, which I thought was really cool. Partners include A&E, AMC, Disney, and more. So Hulu really ought to get their self-serve platform out of beta ASAP because that is coming. They are also touting increased advertiser and publisher value with the Microsoft Advertising Network by helping improve ad performance while providing access to global supply, um, enhanced retail media solutions, enabling retailers to own their data and customer relationships, as well as accelerated Microsoft customer experience platform capabilities, enabling marketers to reach high-value prospects across the open web, Yada, yada. So a lot of cool new programmatic stuff is coming. So we should get really excited about that. Hopefully we'll see some of it in 2022. On the Taboola side of things, here's a quote from Axios. They say, Taboola is teaming with Microsoft to design a real-time service that allows advertisers to bid for ad inventory across many places on the open web. 
content that's accessible via any web browser, easily linked to, and doesn't require logging into an account. So be on the lookout for a new audience network to play with too, it sounds like. Really cool things happening. Microsoft is making moves. I just enjoyed the fact that in your reporting, it sounded like you're using half of your reporting in English and then the other half in like <laughs> web 2.0 terms. It's like Xander, Tabula, Axios. I don't know. Yeah. If I had a nickel for every time I said open web, I think I'd have a dime's worth. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> you retire now. They used it a lot more in the article. I tried to cut it down. All right. What and else is going on? Some company is going to have much more than a dime because Reddit announced right after we recorded last week that they started the process of taking the company public with a confidential S1 filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. And this is a quote from the article over on The Verge. They say, the number of shares to be offered and the price range for the proposed offering haven't been determined yet, the company said, adding that it was in a quiet period and could not provide further details for regulatory reasons. And I just like that. I like potentially having a quiet period in your life. And maybe it's just because everything's so hectic now. Yeah. Like imagine you're like, oh, no, kids, quiet period. <laughs> I get that in the 20 minutes in the car ride home. I know. And that's it. Everybody's like, your car ride, you have a, a long car ride. <laughs> like, good, I want it. That's yeah. my quiet period. You need <laughs> Leave me alone. Take it up <laughs> with the practice. Securities and Exchange Commission, not with me. <laughs> um, and if you recall, in August, Reddit raised $700 million round of funding and that valuation was more than $10 billion. And earlier this year as well, they had said they were looking to double the staff by the end of 2021 to around 1,400 employees, which is insane. Yeah. What are those people doing? It, we like, can't talk about it. It's a quiet period. That seems like a monumental push in employees. Doubling? Yeah. Maybe they need more janitors. The whole point of Reddit is you get employees out of the way and you let people talk to each other and you let communities thrive and you let like, like, Hey, there's this little weirdo community over there. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> leave go, them alone. Go be weird. Like, Oh, here's <laughs> another one. Like they're trying to figure things out. Cool. Like, I don't know what you need 1400 employees for. I'm excited to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think that, and for me, I, I tried to bring it back. What does this mean for marketers? And first up to that point, Really watch out to see what happens with their monthly average users, right? Because mm -hmm. there are a lot of discussions out there that right now are probably from a subreddit standpoint in a gray area. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there, just like there is on Twitter. You can see lots of naughty things and things that shouldn't be seen by everybody. Um, and if there's ever a crackdown by these 1,400 employees saying, no, you can't do this or banning things, that this and that, you might see a drop off. But again, that's probably some of the folks you wouldn't want to advertise to anyway, although I don't know. Fair point. Uh, additionally, there may be better advertising coming and, and hopefully a better system. So if you recall, Reddit uh, revamped their system. A lot of the really cheap CPCs that you used to be able to get and cheaper CPMs went out the window. Um, and so maybe there's going to be something else coming, knowing that now they have to hit their earnings. So again, we thought that might be the case with Twitter and that's never materialized, mm. but maybe it will with Reddit. And then lastly, the paid media pros, Michelle Morgan and Joe Martinez had just put out this week, a awesome update for Reddit ads, what's happened in fall 2021. So if you want to brush up on your Reddit ads, Head on over to the Paid Media Pros on YouTube and check out that video. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. This week's Take of the Week comes from Justin Borge and... I love his Twitter handle. It's Borge Clooney, <laughs> at Borge Clooney on Twitter. It's insanely good. <laughs> I don't know if he's a marketer or not. It's so good. I just saw it. I liked it. I followed him. Uh, and he had a tweet that said, recently heard professional Twitter described as, quote, marketers marketing, marketing to other marketers, end quote. And now that's all I can think about. <laughs> Way to go, Borge. <laughs> I love it. That's Borges. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. 
Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from Sam Kucinich via Discord. Hey, fam. Wait, wait. You don't get to call him <laughs> family. You've only logged into Discord maybe once in your life. And you asked earlier. I'm going to go back and post. And ask, you're going to hear a little whoosh in a second. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask where you got this from. And there we go. This thing in the ICYMI, that's Discord, right? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I'll leave that in. <laughs> So you had to ask where this came from. So you can't call him Discord family. Well, it's the marketing o'clock family of okay. which I am an extended I, piece. <laughs> no, you're the core piece. <laughs> Not the Discord piece. Anyway, I have to hold my laptop up close so I can read this. <laughs> Sam says, I might be behind on this one, but if you want to get a better understanding of the landing page that a performance <laughs> max campaign is using, <laughs> it looks like if you go to site content, then landing pages and filter by source, medium or campaign ID, you can accurately get a better understanding. And I think this is referring to GA. Sam continues, I still have no data in the Performance Max campaign. And if you try to use destination URL in the Google Ads reporting in GA, it is useless as well. So that's a hot tip. And if you aren't watching on YouTube or Spotify right now, <laughs> Jess literally had the computer five inches from her face. And now I think I'm moving on from my midlife crisis to your midlife I crisis. I can't see. I'm going to uh, take that for from you. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in paid directly from the Federal Trade Commission itself. Advertising platform OpenX will pay $2 million for collecting personal information from children in violation of children's privacy law. The FTC also alleged that that the company collected geolocation data from users who opted out of being tracked. Sheesh. Alistair McTaggart is rolling over in his grave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure he's dead, but I didn't know what else to say. He's having a time. It's also like a very low number. Like you're tracking children and their location and you're like, oh, it's just two mil. Unless that's all they have. Maybe that's all they could take. But I thought it was low too. And then I didn't know. Maybe they just asked one of the kids. (laughs) What do you think? Two million dollars. Like a million dollars. And another kid's like, no, make it two. I Yeah, that has to be what it is. They were able to find them because they had all their information. All right. And next up from Jill Saskin Gales at Jill Saskin Gales on Twitter. She says, I recently helped a small business owner set up his first Google ads campaign with a $20 a day budget. I managed it for a few weeks, got it to set it and forget it mode, project complete. Then a Google rep called him. And you can guess what happened next in Angry Thread. That's also a little bit like a Taboola ad. So <laughs> just for what it I'm is. I'm clicking. And I would just say, Jill, I, I've just recently started following her. Great follow. She worked at Google for a long period of time. I think oh. I'm going to get to it in a minute. But now is out on her own. And she has a bunch of cool insight. I think one thing she said a few days ago was, just of note, a small account to Google does not equal a IRL small account like that's how crazy Google only looks at like the big picture big companies they don't like a budget for a small account that Google considers is still probably you know a a large account for what most SMBs would would think anyway to finish this thread she goes and again this is what the the rep did they added dynamic ad group to the campaign she said in principle I like the essay but Apparently, it's only showing up for his business name. Two, the rep opted the search campaign in the search partners and display network. She has a face palm and says, display does not belong in a search campaign, whether you're spending $20 a day or $200,000 a day. Again, you can tell why we like her here. (laughs) (laughs) She also said they deleted the conversion actions I had set up. Yes, deleted and had them create a conversion to track form fills instead. The problem didn't tell him, and he did add code to the website, which his CMS doesn't support. Gur also opted him into auto reply recommendations. And then again, from a Google perspective, she says, to be clear, I do not think Google is bad 
or evil or malicious. I worked there for six years and I genuinely love the company and the product. Some of the above would have been reasonable recommendations for other businesses. But these specialists are incentivized to tick the box and move on to the next. They don't understand your business. The recommendations are not designed with small budgets in mind. It's a scaled service made to seem personalized and business owners sadly don't know that. I'm not going to act like my initial setup didn't have room for improvement. It sure did. But these stock recommendations were just not it. So great look from a former Googler. Yeah. And I know we say it all the time and we get clients that are like, oh, I I don't know if I should tell you this, but a Google rep reached out. Guess what? You're getting a a lump of coal. That's what they're going to give you. And you should tell us this because then we can figure out a plan of attack. I don't know. Not going to sound like a broken record player here. We're moving moving ahead. Speaking of moving ahead, a look back at this week. Barry Schwartz broke the news earlier this week that Google ad, that a Google Ads issue is affecting a significant subset of users. He tweeted that and then went on to share his article that he wrote for Search Engine Land and explain the issue further. Basically, there was a delay in reporting for conversions that were, quote, making use of non-first or last-click attribution models. That's how Google described it. Google said the delay may be up to 24 hours. They said that at the time, and this was on Tuesday the 21st. According to Barry's update to the article, this was resolved within the same day. What's confusing, though, is the statement that Google put out, which Barry, again, shared in his article, Google said, the problem with Google Ads has been resolved. We apologize for the inconvenience and thank you for your patience and continued support. The affected users are able to access Google Ads but may not have access to the most recent data, end quote, which makes me feel like the problem was not resolved because the problem was recent data. But then they went on to say that conversions delayed by the incident, those making use of non-first and last-click attribution models, are now present in Google Ads. So it sounds like it's fine. They need better writers. That's very confusing. Like, we fixed the problem. Yeah. I, I, not we, but Google. That's what they should have said. We fixed it. It's good. <laughs> Leave it at that. All right. And next up, as Shep would say, via Brett, aka Brett Badovsky, <laughs> he shared a tweet that I guess Ginny had put out there, but I hadn't seen this for some reason. But there is a Google Ads status dashboard that goes along with any outages, and you can hop on over there and see any of the incidents that have been reported within the last 365 days. You can see AdSense incidents, AdMob, and Google Ad Manager, um, along with the duration of those incidents. So That's nice. Yes. Thank you, Brett. Next up from Brett. Ever heard of him? Oh, at Brett Badassi on Twitter. <laughs> yes. He tweeted, credit adjustments are coming by December 31st. 2021 on Google Ads, hashtag PPC chat. And what Mr. Badovsky is referring to. Oh my God, she's lifting the laptop up again. <laughs> Screenshots suck. You need help. <laughs> Normally the configuration is different, but I got to get to the mic here. Okay. So with this tweet, he shared a screenshot of a notification he received that says performance max and video action spend fluctuations. The Google Ads system encountered an unexpected issue on December 2nd, 2021, PST. That affected performance max campaigns using the maximized conversion value bid strategy and video action campaigns using the target ROAS bid strategy. The issue has been resolved. A credit adjustment will be applied to your Google Ads billing system by December 31st, 2021. No idea what time zone that's in. Over any spend during this time. What is what, December 2nd PST? What is that? No wonder their AI can't <laughs> figure out ad schedules. Like you, you don't have to do that. Yeah, PST. I've never seen just a, a date and a a time zone. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. it's uh, Wednesday p.m. right now. Crazy. <laughs> All right. And we'll keep it Google Ads here from PPC Kirk at PPC Kirk on Twitter. He has a tweet saying, uh, being able to save product filters in Google Merchant Center is the UI addition I didn't know I needed. Loving it. And you can see an example of any of the save filters that you have. Um, he's got one, obviously, that's clearance. And you'll see it up on YouTube now, but if you use Merchant Center a lot, don't sleep on the new saved filters. All right, and heading on over to the organic news this week, Google Search is launching an enhanced autocomplete with a second column. (laughs) And I thought it would just be like, I read that the title and I thought it was just going to be like double, like double the options you could choose from. Yeah. But it's really, but people also ask, and you can see other examples of it. And then 
The thing that I hate, the people also search for. Mm. I think that is one of the, the worst elements, especially when it comes to a business, because you can't opt out of it. You get competitors showing up. You get, it just, I really, really, really dislike it. And it also is one of those things that Google will never do for themselves. You could put Google in there and it will never show you any information about it or never say, oh, people also look for Microsoft advertising. And I don't know, maybe it's just me being bitter, but I don't no, like it's it. it's true. That somebody starts to type your, your name in of your client and then boom, a competitor shows up directly for it. It's like, that is not auto-completing, that is auto-stealing. Yeah, go to jail. All right, and next up, by way of social media today, there is a new update to the YouTube Studio app, and it is really trying to bring it in line with a desktop app. There's a cool GIF that's up over on YouTube and Spotify video right now, but there's a new bottom navigation bar. Something that I think is really helpful for people on the go is a filter for comments, so you can filter by, um, I guess, problem area of comments, because <laughs> there's a lot of them, mm. as you heard last week. Mm. Um, and also there's a better way to triage comments and there's new analytics options in the studio app. So you can see personalized channel overview. There's a redesigned key metrics card and then things like new returning viewer data. So really cool if you're on YouTube and doing things on the go, you can hopefully get the same experience now with the app. All right. Then something that I give five stars to is new ability within Spotify to rate a podcast. Ooh. So you can invite your fans to add their rating with one tap. The only caveat is they have to have listened to the podcast for at least 30 seconds. <laughs> How can you you're rate gonna, something after 30 seconds? I know. You're going to give somebody a, like a one star after 30 seconds. It should be longer than that. It should, you should be complete an episode. Or at least get halfway through. Yeah. Or like a percentage, right? Like I'd... Imagine if people just listen to the beginning of the show. We might actually we might get higher ratings because then we don't get to the news. <laughs> <laughs> get what you like? Oh, chefs around coat the cocoa. Like, oh, this is bad. Five stars. Five stars. Okay. <laughs> um, but if you want to see it in action, it should be out on any mobile device currently. I have not seen it on desktop. It should probably roll out to that. But head on over to your favorite podcast and maybe the. Azeem Digital Ass Podcast, the PPC Chat Podcast with Anu, the SEO Tweets Podcast, Rankable Podcast, the PPC Pondering Podcast, any one of those podcasts, and go click on those three little buttons, and you will see um, a drop-down nav, and you can then click on Review. And if you find that easy to do, go on and give, give us one as well. And just... During the holiday season, it doesn't mean you only have to give like feedback and ratings to those out there that have a podcast. There's lots of helpful people that don't have a podcast. Mm -hmm. So do yourself a favor and thank people for, you know, be nice to people. It's like the end of the year. Yeah. There's so many people in the industry that do so much with uh, Julie, who we talked about before, Julie Bacini, a.k.a. Salche, who runs PPC Chat, Glenn Gabe and Lily Ray, who help with all the algo updates throughout the year. Uh, Barry with all of the search news nonstop. And Chris, the charts. And the charts. Chris Ridley with his PPC insight and mental health. Anybody that has helped, don't just hold on to your Spotify review. Give them an IRL review too. So that's, that's so nice. Yeah, it's just a little PSA for people out there. It means a lot. All year long, too. Like the holidays, it's the season of giving, but all year long. Yes, and that was our thanks too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, really. Life. Thank you. We couldn't we wouldn't have news without these people. <laughs> All right, and next up from the social dude on Twitter, <laughs> there's a new way to verify your video or verify your business with video. So instead of waiting for those cards to come or the phone call in your Google business profile, formerly Google My Business, you can now <laughs> um, actually verify your site by taking pictures of your business or equipment. It's like signage. You go outside and take, take a video of your signage. But it's like your equipment. So Anybody could do that, though. Bro, what am I doing? I'm like, here's a video of my 
all in one Canon printing <laughs> scanning device. Like, <laughs> like certify me. Like, what is happening? I, just, I feel like anyone could take pictures inside a business. Like proof and pretend of they own it. It's like, oh, boom, here's a <laughs> selfie. Like, here we go. <laughs> I don't know. I like it in theory. It seems pretty, easy to scan though. Yeah. So I guess the business or equipment is inside of your business or tools of your trade. Proof of management is like show you have access to items or areas only employees can access. It's like, so oh, let's like, show the world that. Well, it's weird. Show I don't Google. Know. So cool thought. Again, any way you can actually verify something is is better. All right. And next up from a tweet from Photo SEO Lab, aka at Photo SEO Lab on Twitter. <laughs> she says, here's how to recent at Google My Biz update impacted one of my businesses. That's a spelling issue. That's not me. She says, this is a fairly small area as I only cover local venues. I do have too much content from my previous country on my site. I relocated just before the pandemic, thought I'd share. And so there's a map of her rankings previous to this local update where in all these different zip codes or areas on a map, you could see where she placed number one. And then after the update, you can see how narrow that dropped or is basically only around Glasgow, 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 Glasgow. I just mix it up with a baseball player. Oh, Harry, Tyler Glasnow. I don't know. Baseball players. Yeah. Well, what about, it's just me and you. I don't sports. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, after this, it seems like, um, things are much, much, much more localized around the location of the searcher. So this is an insane graphic. Really cool. Check it out, community.marketingclock.com or marketingclock.com forward slash newsletter to get all the links from today's show. And just in time for the newest variant, Microsoft Bing has announced new travel search features, including suggested itineraries and inspiration, 360 immersive views. I mean, that's nice. Yeah, you could prove your management you, uh, that way. <laughs> it might be the only way you get to your location. Oh. Now. Like, <laughs> drink and dining information and coupons. So um, head on over. To, you can see it over on Search Engine Roundtable. It's actually pretty cool. It's just sat in the current environment um, for that. All right. Next up, Google has something new. It's an app called QAya. And Google is saying that creators on QAya can sell anything from trapeze workout guides to wellness training videos, <laughs> photo filters, beat packs, ASMR read-alouds, productivity templates, knitting patterns, and much more. Are you sure you're pronouncing this right? Kuya. It's not it's, like Kaya? No, it's Q-A-Y-A. Kuya. <laughs> There's no, it's not Q-U. It's Kuya. I know people are dropping vowels left and right these days. I don't. How would you pronounce that? I wouldn't. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm just going to put a blanket right on out. But all those things, that sounds, all those things like the trapeze workout and the knitting patterns and the beat packs and the ASMR, it sounds like a nightmare to me. It sounds yeah. like that's my nightmare. It's like I keep opening things up. It's like, oh, it's more ASMR. And then I'm back on the trapeze. Like, that sounds awful to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, anyway, I don't get it. But the app that will not be named sports both gated and free products and has creator tipping. So Google is allowing, it basically just links well to Google-owned properties. So you can be on YouTube and creators can promote products from QAya directly below their YouTube clips. I This is where I just don't get it. Who's going to look at a YouTube video see that they can sign up for a course on Kiwaya. I can't get past that name. I feel like you're joking. What do you call it? I don't, I, it doesn't matter. Why does this exist? I don't know. <laughs> I don't no know. one's going to be like, that looks real. And click I'll that. just look at it and be like, no, that my information is going to be stolen on Kiwaya. For sure. And so Two million dollars like, no, they're like, going to get charged for tracking children. <laughs> I know QAnon and QAya cannot have my data. Sorry, not going to happen. <laughs> very similar sounds. <laughs> All right, next up, Microsoft Bing and Shopify integration is now live. We reported on it back in October, but that integration will enable shoppers across Microsoft to get more diverse product, great prices, and more discovery of deals. And I was looking at the example they had. And they said, with the integration of Shopify, you'll now have access to millions of merchants to select from. And when you get that perfect set of, quote, 
boho solid colored pajamas. Just click the buy now button. And I generally fancy myself as like an in-tune fella to the slang out there. Mm-hmm. This had me this had me uh, stumped. The the boho. Do you know what boho is, Jess? Bohemian? Yes. You're correct. Wow, you're yeah, I take everything I've said about you being old back. Well, I Except thought this was an old thing. term. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> I don't know boho. Sammy, did you know what boho was? Uh, yes, but I only know what boho is because of Pinterest. <laughs> okay. Oh. So if somebody's like, hey, like the boho colored pajamas. <laughs> it's not boho colored. So uh, Boho solid colored pajamas. Like m- muted tones? Beige? A lot of beige boho, right? No, I wouldn't, th- I wouldn't think beige. I would think just like a saturated but but you know muted i feel like i'm not describing my colors very well she's a designer well don't tell people (laughs) (laughs) it's a bow no for me and next up from matt navarra at matt navarra on twitter google chrome now tracks and shows product price drops in the tab grid i don't know why anyone would be using this chrome like this but you could open a whole bunch (laughs) of windows and you can be like in the shopping cart or having a product open. And when you zoom out, you can then, Chrome is really cool. They will detect if the last time the price changed from when you visited the site or had it open. So you can see like, oh, this watch used to be $230 and now $200. So pretty cool. It's sort of like what, like honey? I was going to say honey, yeah. yeah. All right, and next up from Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. Something that I notice all the time drives me crazy. I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. It's only Glenn that talks about the important things. And he says, FYI, if you're noticing a drop in ad revenue, but not necessarily a drop in traffic or page views, then it could be that Chrome is blocking ads that are using too many resources. It's just another reason to seriously watch your ad situation. Beware. And I see this all the time when I'm on, when I'm ever on Chrome, when I'm searching something, except recipes, except recipe blogs, they, I've never seen an ad block there. But you'll go on ESPN and you'll see that the ad was removed because Chrome removed it because they determined it was not good enough, essentially, right? Like it's, it's not a good experience mm-hmm. for their users. But I don't recall ever hearing of a report or anything like that to show how many ads were actually removed. And with Chrome being able to willy-nilly block their competition, because Chrome is an alphabet company, alphabet product, just like Google, I don't know. There's so many different problems with them blocking that. But again, if you are making money off of your ad revenue and you see dips, you should seriously consider that any large or non-appropriate ads as determined by Google could be being blocked. Rough out there. All right. And next up, Google has added new features to help you find the information that you need to protect your loved ones and yourself from blank. It's a big, big thing going around out there. It's uh, something a lot of people are getting, AKA somebody (laughs) in Shep's household that I'm not going to name here because we will not get any exposure if we do. And in the U.S. on Google Search, you can now find free testing locations, something, again, that rhymes with vaccine locations for children. And you can even search by... Um, Maxine? <laughs> Maxine. Who's type. Maxine type? Yeah. Uh, she's about to go to jail, actually. Right? What? Oh, right? Who's Maxine? Oh, no. Giselle? What's her name? Bunchin? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm like butchering it. The, the Epstein person. Oh, sorry. That was that, that was not... I, I messed that up. It's not Maxine. That was Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell, oh. I think, is who I was talking about. Yeah, that, that is totally different. Yeah, not, not a good lady, it doesn't seem like. No, wouldn't say so. All right. And Jess, something that's right up your alley. There is a new update from Shopify over on shopify.com forward slash NFT where you can now sell NFTs on Shopify. I know you're the one in the office and won't stop talking about it. You put a .eth on your Twitter handle. Like, this is now your chance to shine with Shopify. Dogecoin. <laughs> Just, do you have any NFTs? Not for trying. <laughs> is that your first? No fancy is tokens. That, is that your first? <laughs> Now you have two. Wow. Um, <laughs> negate fewer terms. 
Oh, no. <gasps> That's what bad PPC is. Yeah, are no, wow. only the good marketers. Okay, yeah. get rid of that. I'm okay. <laughs> Go Rip sell it, it on Shopify. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And in case you hadn't seen this, I don't know how new this exactly was. We may have reported on it before, but you can now import ads links from Universal Analytics to GA4. If you have a check, you can check your newsletter. If you have a GA setup right now, it was sent out earlier this week. And again, it just allows you to import your ads link into your GA4 property. So more and more coming. And I wrote a blog post about this last week about why we should do GA4. I took that clip from the show with Sarah and I put it in the article and I went through a bunch of reasons. And Glenn Gabe had shared this on Twitter. He said, if you haven't played with GA4 yet, I would probably do that sooner than later. I agree with Greg here. And you probably won't like it. <laughs> Be confused, frustrated, etc. But it's not going away. And then he links over to the post. And Glenn has a huge SEO following. He should have a huge marketing, just marketing following. But SEOs went full SEO with the responses. And here are a few of them from Glenn's post. Tim Flint said, nobody likes it. And we all need to be more vocal about it. At Google Analytics needs to know they need to make serious changes and improvements if they want adoption. What? When has Google ever listened to anybody? What are you going to do? Not adapt it? Like you're going to not put something on your client's website that could potentially help and will potentially help with anybody that's running ads. Like that's not, that's not hyperbole. It will help. At some point, you'll get more data. You'll be able to use things like potential churn or people that are likely to purchase you're not going to put that on because you want to try to push it for changes? I, and then somebody else, Peter Mendenhall, said, have set up GA4 on a small set of sites and just know. Been rolled out way too early, cannot annotate, cannot run rollups of any significance. It physically cannot do way too much for my use cases and, got, and not got time slash patience to demo it to clients. We'll be moving to a custom solution. This is the time when you can afford a learning curve. Like pretty soon it's going to be the only thing that we have and you're not going to have time to learn it. It's going to be too late. The article literally said you probably won't use it, but set it up. Just try. Also a custom solution. You're going to pay for something. So, yeah. So, so you, you go to a custom solution and my thing is like, just because you don't like something doesn't mean you shouldn't recommend it to a client. There's lots of things that I don't like that we recommend to clients mm -hmm. and lots of things that are annoying to do, lots of things that take a lot of work and lots of things that I'd rather not be doing, but it's in the client's best interest. And so why wouldn't you just put the code on the site and build up all that knowledge instead? I don't know. I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't say anything to any of these tweets because I Good just for don't want to draw the eye Yog. It. And I'll finish off on this one from Alan Beelweiss. He says, the unofficial consensus across dozens of people I've asked is GA4 blows chunks for the front line. <laughs> SEOs, managers, editors, everyone who matters in production. Sure, it's heaven for data analysts, except they're not the core need that GA3 solves. I don't know. So, anyway, the response to that, that article from last week was right about what I thought it would be. All right, and for something else <laughs> funny that I love, from Owen at Rubalytics on Twitter, he has a passage from a Barry Schwartz article over on Search Engine Roundtable. And in the passage, Barry writes basically that the movement is incredibly hot. And he goes on to say, there's just so much going on right now in Google search for an SEO that taking off for Christmas might not be an option for many. First off, like Christmas is on a Saturday. I think you might want that off. Like anyway, <laughs> like I don't think you got to take anything off for that. <laughs> Secondly, like Barry's just making a point right. that there's a lot going on. Barry's not not saying don't don't do this. Everybody freaked out though. Like, Why? They're being so mean, and it's just so funny. Mm. Um, but anyway, Owen said this sounds incredibly unhealthy, and then it just took off and I'll just read a, a couple. There's a really funny um, reply from Amalia Fowler at Amalia E. Fowler on Twitter. A fantastic PPC follow, she said, and managerial follow. She says, 
terrible work-life balance for 1,000, Alex. Which I thought was mm-hmm. good. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> um, and then there were a bunch of people that like quote tweeted it and um, at Greg Power said, the most cringe industry around, which I kind of agree with. Robert Schley said, try unnecessary. Of all the digital channels, SEO is probably the one where you're least likely to have a scenario where you have to work outside <laughs> scheduled hours, <laughs> laughing face, which is true. Mm. Hashtag truth. Um, and then Barry followed it up. I saw it via a tweet from at Morty Oberstein, at Morty Oberstein on Twitter. He said, great newsletter today from Search Engine Land. And it's a nice reminder we should not be quick to judge people and understand that every person has their own way of running through life. That's for them to decide on, not us. And in case you don't know about Barry, you should go listen to his interview on the Azim Digital Ass podcast. It was one of my favorite interviews that Azim has ever done. And Barry wrote, and our, I, we can go a little long. We don't have that yeah. much news. Barry wrote an article in the Search Engine Land newsletter, newsletter that said, Good morning, Search Marketer. Are you struggling with your work-life balance? I am old-fashioned, somewhat of a workaholic. It might be unhealthy, but I was raised to work hard as a kid. Honestly, I feel shamed sometimes from the industry that I love, that I might work too hard. and might not be focused on the more important aspects of life outside my job. But when Google makes a change that impacts you or your clients, I feel a duty to report it to you all. And I know some of you feel gutted if a client's site tanks during an update, especially if the update happens before the holidays. Yes, search marketing is not life and death, as many in the community are sharing on Twitter over the last couple of days. But we work day in and day out on improving site visibility for our clients. And if the opposite happens, sure, that can be hard to handle. And he goes on to say, my college, George Wynn, wrote a nice piece about SEO and the work-life balance. I recommend you read it. And then he says, to be fair, no matter how much work I do, I unplug completely once a week for 25 hours for Shabbat. So I get that time to be focused on anything but work. I do hope the Google algorithms treat you well over the holidays and that you can focus on life and not work. Signed, Barry Schwartz, SEO workaholic. I love that he took the high road with that. (laughs) Little digs at people being crazy people. He's not telling you. You do what you want. Yeah. And again, it's like whatever you do, it's not going to matter until the next core update anyway. (laughs) So whatever. Like, who cares? All right. That's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? First off in social this week, LinkedIn is calling it. People, 2021 was the year of the creator. And before you roll. Oh, congrats, creator friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, before you roll your eyes and toast your eggnog to the days of yore when we just called them influencers, let's think about what this actually means. So according to an article from LinkedIn, albeit it was in their newsletter called Creator Weekly, so preaching to the choir. Yes. <laughs> LinkedIn says people are rethinking how they work, where they work, what they want to get out of work, and it's turning creation from a hobby into an industry. And I think that is completely valid to say. According to LinkedIn, as of September... 123,000 LinkedIn members had creator in their job title. That's a 15% jump from last year and over a 40% jump from 2019. The demand for creators is also growing. Premium job postings with creator in the title were 220% higher than they were the same time last year. So Barry's butter sandwich burnout aside, (laughs) creatordom is a thing. (laughs) We all know he's a workaholic, so that's his problem. But Creators have transformed or helped form every social platform that we use for better or worse. Just food for thought in 2022, especially for you B2C folks, like people are out there. They're searching for creators to help them with their social presence. Just think about it, consider it, or don't. That's fine. Up next from David Herman at Herman Digital on Twitter. He says, literally nobody wants this and shares a screenshot of uh, something from Facebook. Facebook Business Suite has a new look. We've updated our look and feel to be more inviting and organized. We've changed how things look, but you'll still find all the tools and features you depend on to grow your business. David, I am 1 million percent with you. I cannot find my way around in there anymore. Have you tried, Greg? Yeah. It's so dumb. It was never good. It's worse now. You go in there and there's a notification that says everything. We've updated things. You can easily select what you want to work on. That is not true. It is the most inaccurate statement of 2021. You click on ads and all you see is your boosted posts. You have to click the hamburger menu to open all tools, find the advertise section, skip over ads once more and click on ads manager to get you. It's the dumbest thing. mm, Nobody wanted that. And just just to be fair, because we we kind of poop on Google a little bit here, the Google Ads interface on web is 
unbelievable, in my opinion. You can easily hit the GT That's the best. Key, keys anywhere when you have your window open, and you can get to anywhere you want. The navigation on top is phenomenal. The interface on the left-hand column is so intuitive. It is a perfect example of how to do it right, yeah. and so they'll probably change it in 2022. <laughs> They're going to go the way of Facebook and just yeah. make everything wrong. Mess it all up. Ugh. Here, everything's a max. Max and optimized. Ugh. Yeah, it's just a button. You just run Google Ads. Yeah. It just goes. There you go. <laughs> okay. Speaking of things nobody wants, from Bloomberg, TikTok is getting into the restaurant business. The video platform is teaming up with virtual dining concepts to deliver those viral foods across the country. Baked feta pasta, anyone? Onto something more useful for the marketers listening, which I, I think is everybody. Wait, what's baked feta pasta? It's like some trending thing. I don't TikTok. I don't know. But it, it basically like creators, it's the year of them. Oh. Next oh, year yeah, will be a good that. year as well. I heard that from the Creator <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> speaks to you, right? So I guess they're going to use restaurants to make these foods that have gone viral okay. and like deliver them out. I, so like Mr. Beast and Barstool Eats. That was that. the okay. exact example that they used. Yes. Gotcha. But I, whatever, these foods look like foods. They don't look special to me. The Breaking news. Nice. These foods look like foods. <laughs> All right. I didn't read this article because it was not important to me. You can read it if it's important to you. But something useful for the marketers that are listening. Pinterest has published a guide on optimizing your product catalog feed for product pins. It covers all the basic elements of a feed as well as a breakdown of all the required and optional fields as well as best practices. It's not quite in time for the holidays, but definitely just in time for the AUG. If you want, oh, want to do e-commerce stuff on Pinterest, Greg, it's for you. Next, from 9 to 5 Mac, polls and GIFs are coming to TweetDeck. So more like TweetHack is in heck yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves polls and GIFs. <laughs> Last up, social media managers rejoice from Charlie Warnier at Data Chaz on Twitter. He says, cool new Twitter feat, I think he means feature, has the fire emoji. You can now see how many new followers you gained directly from a tweet. And he shares a screenshot of tweet analytics. There's impressions and then new followers, again, from the tweet, which is pretty cool. I think mm -hmm. that's actually really handy. It's nice to know what content you're putting out there actually brings in new folks. A funny comment that I saw or reply to the tweet, <laughs> John Wood, um, I screenshot this. So it says at Wood, but there's a dot, dot, dot. So that's probably not his full handle. Uh, he says, in my case, I would like to see how many I lost. <laughs> I don't know what he's out there tweeting, but I appreciate his self-awareness. I don't know. I would like to know, though. And I just wanted to say, out of all the abbreviations of names, I think Chaz is one of my favorites. It's From a good Charles one. to Chaz. Yeah. There are a lot that make absolutely no sense out there. Like when you do the Richard to Dick, like that doesn't make sense. The Robert to Bob, like that doesn't really make sense. And then there's a whole bunch of weird other ones. Like I don't like the Topher one. Nobody ever takes the last part of it where it's like, yeah, know, Topher Grace, but it's really Christopher. Christopher. I don't know. Are yeah. there any that you don't like, like like nicknames? I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't get from Richard, even Richard to Rick. I don't get that either. It's right. better than Richard to like Dick. Just be, yeah, Rick or R-I-C. Because some people oh, do that. Yeah, you some can people do, do R-I-C, yeah. but not the K. And then you're putting a K in, so you're supposed to abbreviate it. Why are you adding more things that don't make sense and aren't in your actual name? Yeah. I guess if you take a lowercase h, you could add a line to it and make a lowercase k. So maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. I like Chaz as a name, but you're removing the middle of the word and you're switching an S to a Z, which, again, you can do anything you want these days. Yeah. Hashtag Xander, but I, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Kiwawa. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Ika. Egg. Have we ever told the story? Should we tell the story? Do we have time? Of what? To tell the story about the time you were on the phone with someone, some oh, customer sure. service rep. <laughs> Go for it. And <laughs> not that I listened to your conversations, but I was in the room with you and this person asked you to spell your name and you said G as in Greg, R as in Reg, E as in Egg, and G as in Greg. I did say that. And it it goes down in history as one of the best things I've ever heard uttered out loud. It's pretty good. I still think about it often. They were not very nice to me, <laughs> and I just didn't know what to do. I usually say very random things, like, like Gorgonzola. Do you like Gorgonzola or something? I've like heard that. you say A as in aeronautics, too. That was oh, a good I one just, yeah, as well. But the, the G as in Greg, R as in Reg, down in history is, is an epic moments. Yeah.
And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. All right, this week, working hard for me was Bing Places. I don't fancy myself that much of a local SEO fella, but I had to hop in to make a change to a Google Places account or Bing Places account, sorry. <laughs> Might as well be. But you could import really easy from your Google. And as long as your Google, formerly my business now, Google business profile account, um, you can just tie that in and claim it on Bing Places. It's super wonky. There's like a time that it takes to be approved. But it's very nice for that verification aspect. You don't have to go do it. You don't have to take video of your printer <laughs> or anything dumb like that. So it's working hard, Bing places. All right. Working hard for me, Excel formulas. I don't know if I should read this one out loud, but we launched a massive site last week and we had a huge redirect list and we wanted to make sure that there were no redirect loops in place. So I had the wonderful Sarah who of GA4 Pro fame. Um, I had her <laughs> teach me about a formula to check for duplicate values in different columns, but the same row. So we made sure that we weren't redirecting something to itself. There's probably other ways to do this um, as well, but should I read the formula? Yeah. People love a nice Excel formula in their ears. <laughs> I'm going to do it and we'll put it up on our video as well. Equals and open parentheses, count if open parentheses, A2 comma B2, you can adjust those values to your liking, closing parentheses, comma, Count if, open parentheses, B2, comma, A2, close, close. Wow. You know what? I'm signing you up for the 2022 Excel games. Oh, could I be on ESPN 8, the Ocho? <laughs> yeah. I'm going <laughs> to sign you up. You win $10,000. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is, prepare yourself for a dumb rhyme, an insight website. <laughs> Greg's rolling his eyes if you couldn't hear that. Lacey Hatton of Postscript, at Lace Hat with two T's on Twitter, is doing the Lord's work for text marketing. She shared a site that she's working on called fantastictext.com. It's a collection of samples from SMS marketing done right. As someone who's a sucker for text marketing, I ship this. You can browse by type of message, industry, even responses for specific scenarios like abandoned cart, upselling, product launches, and more. So if you're doing any SMS marketing or even thinking about it, it's a great resource for inspiration. Again, that's fantastictexts.com. That's texts, plural. We'll also have the link in our newsletter and on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. I like that. That's a crisp list. Oh, that was even better. I no, should consult you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, insight website, it's kind of like the same word. You're not supposed to do that. But Whatever. Either way, our it. listeners lose. <laughs> and now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week, we had two to choose from. And I realized that the two I was choosing from come from the 2019 BFF of the year and the 2020 BFF of the year. So we're doing a double Ooh, dip this it's only week. Fair. Yeah. Have to. So first off from 2019 BFF of the year, Glenn Gabe, he has a amazing article about the product reviews update titled Google's December 2021 product reviews update analysis and findings based on an extended and volatile holiday rollout, which we heard earlier from Barry. And Glenn covers the extended rollout, the periodic refresh, the new guidelines, surges, drops, volatility, recovery from the April PRU, and he uses PRU as well, which we coined here on the show, the product review update, double hits, the dueling machine learning systems, rich snippet, everything you need to know about any algorithm update, just go use whatever that Feedly thing is, tie into his feed or just follow the site over on G Squared Interactive and read this article, check it out. And the second article is from Andrea Cruz, the 2020 BFF of the year. And she has an article over on PPC Hero and it's called Google Ads Resources for the Novice or Expert B2B Advertisers. And I feel like that's a very underserved sector within marketing. Melissa Mackey is always leading the charge there on the paid side. And Andrea has a bunch of awesome resources. Some of them are basic. And then it gets on to podcasts. We are listed in there, which is awesome, oh, along with Shep's book. 
Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other things that people can check out. So if you are have somebody new on your team or trying to get into B2B, don't miss Andrea's article over at PPC Hero. Thank you, Glenn. And thank you, Andrea. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing Clock. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. This week, back in control. We are playing everybody's favorite game. A new game, but everybody's favorite. It's called What's Keeping Greg Up at Night? Oh, that's a good title. And many times, I think about things, and I can't stop thinking, and I get in these thinking loops, and I can't sleep. And so now, I'm going to talk through some of those, and you can determine if you should just go to sleep or if you should keep thinking about these thoughts, if they're worth it. Like, are the thoughts worth it? Oh, that's the game part. Okay. So first up, the term breadwinner. You don't really go and you don't win bread. You get that bread. Do you know what I mean? Like, you bake that bread and then the other people give you money. I don't understand the breadwinner. Who wins bread? And then winning bread seems like you're not doing the work. Why are you called a breadwinner? The term should be bread baker. You're the bread baker. But I feel like both people in... In the household are baking the bread. It's just whose bread wins, whose loaf is bigger. No, the breadwinner is like the the person in the family that that is is winning the bread. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, LinkedIn. Oh. Go to sleep. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go. Their logo. Can you picture their logo in your head? Yeah. Linked, and then it's in a square, in all lowercase, then that's like their logo. They pull it out and it's just I-N, lowercase. Whenever they write LinkedIn, it's uppercase. It drives me insane. Go to the website. It is a linked, capital L, and then N, capital I, but the logo is literally a lowercase I. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe they thought people would think it was L-N, and then it'd be like LinkedIn if they just saw it on its own. But then why don't you just lowercase the in part of it? I don't know, man. I, I think you should stay up at night thinking about this. This is, I, this I, is I have also thought about this way too much. We have uh, clients who this is a similar thing with their logo and spelling. Um, I'm I'm not sure what the utility is there, uh, but stay up at night. Yes. Okay. This might be a long one, but we'll, we'll give it a shot anyway. Boney M. <laughs> <laughs> The Rasputin song. I don't know what I was doing. I heard the Rasputin song in the background of some video that I scrolled by. Really? And then I'm like, how did this ever get greenlit? And then how did it become popular? And this is like in the 70s. And the beat in the background could be a beat pulled right from like Fat Boy Slim or Daft Punk in the 2000s. Like the beat is well above its time. And then it's talking about Russia and then I'm like, what, how did this, what happened? And then I go dive in deeper and the main singer, Bobby Farrell was put into the group. He's the sole male singer in the group in the face, but it was revealed he made no vocal contributions to the record. How can that be? I don't know. And then it gets, gets crazy. I'm like, how did he, did he how is he the, the singer with no vocals? And then it turns out that he died in, in on December 30th in twenty. 10 in a hotel in St. Petersburg, Russia of heart failure. And this is um, in the same date and in the same city as Rasputin, who then looks like Nandor from the TV show, Wait, What We Do in the Shadows. He died on the same day as Rasputin? Yes. He died in the same town and in the same date as, as Rasputin. Do you think it was Rasputin reincarnated and he can't sing? I don't know. But I saw a clip with Rasputin and I didn't sleep. For a long time. That. Because of Boney M and Bobby Farrell. Has anyone heard of Boney M? Because I've never heard of Boney M until this. I asked That's Nick, the Nick name of the group. Do you, do you know the song, Sammy? I know the song, but I, I don't know anything else about Boney M. Nothing. 
about them except for this song that is featured on like mainstream media. And now, Greg, I think you're going to keep me up at night because yes. I'm going to be thinking yeah. about right. this. I don't understand. And if you watch the video, the guy is like, he's got, energy. he's like a bouncy ball yeah. out there. He won't stop jumping across the entire state. It is such a strange song and such a strange scenario. <laughs> None of it makes any sense, okay. but I love that you even knew what to look up. Okay. Do we got time for a few more of these? I love these. Yeah. All right. The word gross. I was thinking, laying in bed, it might be the most versatile word in the human language. It's like, it could be rude, right? Mm -hmm. Like the actions that Jess took earlier on the podcast were uncalled for and gross. Like, what did I do? I don't know. You you said koala wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it also means like disgusting, mm -hmm. right? And, and And like gnarly and all that. It's also like you overestimated something. Like grossly. where it takes all that out, like you grossly overestimated um, the following that Jess has. Or that Chef brings to the podcast, looking at these numbies. Um, <laughs> and then can remove math too, like gross profit. It gets rid of math. It's like a math thing. And like, that's insane. And then the cherry on top of it is it's a freaking number. It's 144. Like name one other word that is as versatile as gross. Google. All right, Nick raised his hand. What do you got? Uh, the F word. <laughs> it is literally every <laughs> form of English structured word. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's an adjective. You can use it for everything. Okay. All right. It's not a number though, Nick. Mm. Load. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quantity, but it's not a number. I'll just go last here. You know how you, you think about detectives and stuff? All the time. Fingerprints, right? Like Shep does. Shep is always into these crime shows. And I think people like think about like fingerprinting and fingerprints is like like generally like a pretty cool thing, right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking about one night, like, do you know how disgusting we are? We literally leave slime and filth on every single thing that we touch so much so that anybody anytime can dust it off and see your slime imprint your gross slime imprint all over the surface and you can't do anything about it because we are so disgusting and you're thinking about that in bed at night while you're leaving behind all of that that's yeah that's why i'm not sleeping is that how are we that gross don't you think that if you keep touching things, you wouldn't leave slime marks? Like like very, very, very thin slime marks. But no, hmm. you can't stop sliming everything you touch. And you're sliming everything via your fingerprints. And that's what it is. It's a glorified slime mark that you and only you left. And you leave it on every single thing you touch, no matter how much you wash your hands. Ever think about that? I think I'm going to show up on a crime scene one day simply because... I leave hair behind. Yes. Like I oh. feel like maybe, I mean, I'm sure this is everyone, but like with men's hair, typically you don't notice it as much because typically men have shorter hair, but I feel like with people with longer hair, um, all of us are just going to show up on all the crime scenes because mm -hmm. you're just going to like find our hair everywhere because I feel like I leave hair everywhere in my house. And um, so if I'm convicted of a crime one day, I probably didn't do it because I'm too scared to, but it's probably just because my hair was found and my fingerprint slime, of course. Spoken <laughs> like a true criminal. I was too scared to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but here's my DNA. Hmm. How do you, do you sleep? No. <laughs> As you've all found out. <laughs> and thank you for playing. I lose. See you next week.